You're tuned into Let's Talk Life XM with Shante Gamble on Mix Talk Radio. The most chill internet radio station in Houston. Hey y'all, welcome to Let's Talk Life Excel. Today in the studio, I have a brand new guest and we're talking unpopular opinions, timing. I'm going to let my guest introduce herself. Hey y'all, my name is Leah M. Forney. I am a native of Queens, New York, currently residing in the state of Maryland. I am also a seven-time published author, a coach, and a mental health clinician. I've been in the field for nine years. I'm excited to be on the show with you, Shante, and let's talk life. Today's topic is unpopular opinion. So we've been talking about this, um, this series, and it's just amazing how, you know, things align and the conversations have been flowing. So to get it kicked off, we're starting with unpopular opinions timing. So basically the whole concept of this series, I was thinking like, you know, what can I do next? Like what conversation do I feel like is most important? And we've gone through a whole progression of series we've talked about living your best life then we you know had some fun this summer with the summer jam series then we got back series we got into beast mode and then we're talking about alter egos and business how to really just show up for ourselves a hundred percent and y'all that alter ego y'all know that was pg y'all know that was pg but now we're back at it and we're talking about unpopular opinions. So basically what I want to do is talk about things that should be popular. And today's topic is timing. And I really picked this because we live in the culture of now. And I would love to make the whole concept of now unpopular. Now, when you pick the topic timing, what jumped out at you? Yeah, I think for me, timing is everything. Um, I'm a firm believer that and my bishop used to always tell us this, that preparation plus opportunity equals success. And so I think I agree with you. We definitely live in a culture of now where everybody wants to be the next greatest person, the next biggest celebrity, the next, like now, right? It's no longer a time where we prepare for the things that we want, right? And so I agree that this culture, along with cancel culture, needs to be dismissed (laughs) because timing is everything. I think you absolutely need to go through that season where you're preparing for the things that you say you desire and want in your life. You are hitting the nail on the head. And y'all, I had to slow down and say that and make sure I got it right because she got her points on on point. Her point is on point. You know, we live in this mindset of, okay, well, you know what? In 15 days, you can have, you know, this career or 30 days, you can have this body. And, you know, when we really step, you know, step back and really look at our lives, nothing really mature like overnight. When we really sit back and get honest with our journey, we can look back, use hindsight and see, okay, you know what? I had this goal. It did manifest or it did come, you know, to be. You know, whatever your language is, uh, fruitation, whatever your, you know, manifestation, what belief, we can look back and see that it took time. It took time. Now, time is very unpopular sometimes because with time come a lot of requirements. And I have learned that one of the requirements of time is, like you said, preparation is one. Bishop was totally on it. Um, preparation, uh, patience, and perseverance. So let's unpack that. Let's talk about um, preparation. Now, when it comes to being prepared, using time to be prepared, how have you done that in your life? 
preparation and time in my life has always played a big role. Um, I don't care if it was my career as a mental health professional. I know I had to go in order to be in the field nine years later, I had to go to school. I had to get the education. I had to get the knowledge. Um, I had to actually get experience. So I had to do clinical work and get the actual experience, um, which prepared me for, right. Becoming a mental health clinician. And that took time in itself. We're talking about from bachelor's, undergraduate level, all the way to graduate level. And then after that, having to go sit for my licensure exam. And then after that, having to do 200 to 2,000 hours post-grad just to be considered licensed. So all of that alone was preparation and timing. Um, But then even when I think about as an author, just producing a book requires preparation and timing. Right. I have to create an outline. I have to one, figure out what I even want to write about. That's one. Then two, create an outline and actually prepare it. Right. And then from the outline, pull my experiences, pull what information I want, research, really like prepare this thing. And then I got to write. Then once I finish writing, the timing piece kicks in when I start to set those goals and those deadlines. I always tell people a goal without a deadline is a wish, right? So even in your timing part, you can say, oh, I want to get a book done. I want to start a business. But have you given yourself a deadline to actually accomplish it? Because what I've learned with deadlines is deadlines is a form of accountability, Right. Which is one of the requirements when you think about timing is now you're being held accountable to what you say it is that you want to achieve in your life. Excellent point. And in another conversation, we're talking about, you know, how to be flexible with deadlines that we set for ourselves, because as best as goals as we can set as as best of a timeline and accountability partners and peace life is still going to happen in between and setting a deadline is setting like that that uh, final marker of a race right you need a finish line but you also need to understand that there may be a process to getting to that finish line and your deadline is just giving you something to shoot for Right. And then we have to allow life and circumstances to happen in between. And I think that that is the point that is definitely the place where I feel like a lot of dreams die is that in between season when you're in transition or when you're still waiting and you're going through a process. Like you said, writing a book. I've written a book, you guys. Y'all y'all know that I'm a, a author, children's book, poetry, devotional. And in each book that I that I've written, even though they're all different genres, it still took the same planning principles, right? I still had to go through, like you say, Leah, the same process of planning to write those books. But it was the process that really got me to the deadline. Because, if you know, you have to go through steps. You can't skip. There is no cheat sheet. There is no cheat code. It is what it is, and it's going to be what it's going to be. And I said gone for everybody out there with great grammar and diction and whatever. It is going to be what it's going to be. And you have to let life happen and have, you know, multiple plans. You may need to have a plan B. My dad always said, always have a plan B. And I never really understood, really understood why he said that. I was like, well, do you think plan A is not going to work? You know, like, why am I creating, like, multiple plans here? I got a plan. Plan A. 
But he was just saying that, you know, as best as goals as you can set, as best of an intentions that you have and as, you know, much work and effort you're going to put into something, you may need a fallback plan. You know, have you ever had to lean on a plan B? Oh, yeah. I think my whole life, to be honest with you, Jante, has probably been a plan B, C, D, E, F, G, the whole <laughs> the whole alphabet, to be honest. Um, because I, like your father said, you know, my grandmother raised me the same way, like always have a backup plan and don't get so caught up on plan A because sometimes plan A don't work out, right? I know even as a coach that while I help my clients go through the writing process for themselves, one of the things I tell them, don't get hung up on the deadline, right? Because your book will release when God, the universe, whoever you, you know, your higher power is, says it's time to be released, right? And so I had to learn that even for myself. Like I would tell myself, oh, I'm releasing this book on this day and time. And God would be like, no, because I'm not ready for it to come out on this day and time. So it's going to come out on this day and time. So I learned, don't get hung up on a deadline and trust the process. Trust that when it's time to launch, when it's time for you to jump out there, it's right on time. And I always say, you'll know when the time is right. Because I know somebody is out there thinking like, well, how will I know when the time is right? And a good indicator when time is right, and y'all know me, y'all know me through and through, I always rely back on peace. When you have peace about something, then you know, okay, this is a good time. Is a lot of times we're trying to rush stuff. We're trying to rush through the process. We're trying to rush to the end, to the goal. And it's in the rushing that we, for one, miss the experience. Because it's our experience that is going to help the next person. It's not making it to the end. I don't, you know, people don't care if you're successful. They want to know how you got successful. They don't care you wrote a book. They want to know how to write a book. So it's in the experience that we're able to really shine a light in the darkness of someone else's situation. And when we give that time, again, when we give time, time, have you, I don't know if y'all, you know, I be thinking about stuff. I be all, I don't know if it's just me, but I was like, sometimes I just got to give time, time. And when we do that, we can really engulf ourselves in the experience and get more out of it. You may be able to find more joy in the experience and instead of the frustration and the lack of clarity maybe in the process of gaining the clarity that you need you're gaining joy you're getting excited about this thing you're gaining dedication because some of us just need to be committed we always talk about relationship goals and things like that but some of us need to be committed to just really furthering our purpose really digging dig you know digging deeper into what we're called to do and how we can really use what we have to offer to benefit the next person now the next thing was patience and that middle part will birth patience out of you and patience boy i tell you me and patience have battled we fought we've screamed at each other and now how have you really um embraced patience in your processes yeah see so when i think of patience i think of the waiting seasons i think of when god puts you in what i call a holding pattern it's those seasons where he knows he's getting you ready for what it is that you're asking for. Right. And so it's, I always, I use, I think of patience and I think of the analogy of when you're getting ready, when you're on a plane and you're getting ready to take off, 
right before takeoff is the holding pattern. It's where the everything needs to be checked. We need to make sure that the pilot is ready. Everything is good to go before you launch, right? And so what we miss in those seasons of patience and waiting is that the captain knows what's ahead of you. And so sometimes he holds us up because maybe there's a storm that's ahead of you that might take you out if you get there too soon, right? Or sometimes he holds us up because I need to develop something in you. Maybe I need to develop your character. Maybe I need to check that attitude because if I don't check that attitude, then you're going to go walk into what I can't, you know, provide it for you and mess it all up. So he puts you in those seasons of waiting where it really does strengthen and develop your patience. And when I tell you from my own personal experience, it ain't easy to wait. Because again, talking about the culture of now, we want what we want when we want it, right? And literally, I have had to learn how to surrender. Surrender to God and just say, okay, God, if I got to go through this, one, what is it teaching me? What is it you want me to learn? And two, how is this going to continue to grow me and develop me so I'm always the best version of myself? I think we look at patience as such a negative thing instead of looking at it as this is an opportunity to grow. This is an opportunity to develop so that when you really do walk into the season that God has for you, that that one season of your heart's desire, you're ready for the very thing you said you wanted. Y'all, I just had to give a round of applause for that because <laughs> because we often struggle with waiting. And if we're very, very, very honest, that is when we are the most either frustrated or unhappy. And it's really not because of our circumstances. It's because of our perspective. How are we viewing the season that we're in? How are we viewing the season that we're in? How are we looking at our circumstances? What titles are we giving our circumstances? Are you calling it lack when you really just need to focus on the resources that you already have? But we're mis, you know, misdiagnosing a lot of things in our life. Are we calling it um, I'm unlovable? Is it that you're unlo unlovable or is it that you're just isolated because he's trying to bring the right people to you? But if you keep on moving, you're going to bypass them. So a lot of times we give names to seasons in our lives that don't merit the name. And then we have to go back and we have to look at things for what they are. And I love what you said. We want what we want when we want it. And I want to add to that. And I want to say how we want it too. We can get frustrated with the, the actual process of a thing. We have our own plans in mind, but then sometimes through the process, something happens and you have to shift. And it's in that shifting or, you know what, better yet, y'all, light bulb just came on. What if you're in your process and you actually level up and then you have to transcend? Because we talk about shifting all the time, but what if you, because shifting to me is, okay, I might need to go left or right. But transcending might mean I can go higher or I can go deeper in a thing. So when we really look at what, where am I really truly at? And how can I use this place to develop, like you say, develop me from the inside 
out. It ha- Development has to start internally before we see our experiences change, before we see our patterns broken, before we see um, places that we're trying to get to or goals we're trying to achieve. We can't get to those places and we can't see those things if the internal processes aren't happening. And you're wondering, why am I stuck in this pattern? Because you have not changed as a person. That's how you break a pattern. You look at the pattern and you say, "Where? what do I contribute to this pattern? And then, then you start asking yourself the how questions, not the why, like why is this happening, why me? Y'all know I'm good with that transparency moment. I'm good for why me. But when we change our questioning to how, how can I break this pattern? How can I get out of debt? How can I get out of an abusive situation? How can I find a different job? How can I gain the clarity? How can I do this thing differently? When we switch our questionings from the why to the how, we're actually shifting our mindset from just gaining more knowledge to actually being able to implement goals. Because when you get a how, you get instructions with how. That's what I see. Why I just get an explanation. What am I going to do with the explanation <laughs> if I can't apply it? I need a how. So when it comes to transcending, has there ever been a situation where timing had you level up or gone deeper in a, into a thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll just say from personal experience, um, three years ago, I buried my fiance unexpectedly. And when he passed away, um, my whole life fell apart, like literally my whole life fell apart. And I remember um, leaving at the time we were, I was living down in South Carolina where he was, I relocated. That's how I ended up in the state of Maryland. And I remember crying to God and telling God, like, God, I don't know what to do next. I don't know how my life is going to play out. I don't know. And God said to me so clear as day, he said, you either going to trust me or you're not. You're either gonna you're either gonna go and walk this thing out with me or you're not. And the, this after I surrendered to him, he said to me, "I'm stripping you of the familiar, so you can't run to who you used to run to. You can't call who you used to call. Like you're literally going to have to know that you know that you know that this is all me that's going to get you through this." And I remember saying to him, "I said, okay, God, well if I have to go through this, show me what it's supposed to teach me. Show me." how I'm supposed to be better. Cause I kept praying and I said, God, I don't want to be bitter because of this. I want to be better, you know, because pain has a way of making you bitter if you let it, but then there's a part of pain. And I tell people, there's always another side to pain. Many of us don't get to the other side because we stay stuck in the pain and it makes us bitter. And what God had to show me is that in or- with this pain, I'm going to allow it to develop deeper roots. I'm going to allow it to allow me and you to connect on a deeper level. I tell people now, I say, death has changed me and it changed me for the better because I'm more compassionate. I'm more loving. I'm more thoughtful of other people. Whereas years ago, I wouldn't care. Like I wouldn't care about your feelings. I wouldn't care nothing. But now I am so mindful that tomorrow's not promised. Today's not promised. And so every interaction that I have with people, I'm mindful that, hey, this could be your last interaction. How do you want it to be? So going back to what you say about those how, that's what I had to begin to do. I had to say, okay, God, how is this going to make me better? And then 
once he showed me how it was going to make me better and I trusted my process, then I said, okay, God, now how do I use this to help other people become better? And so then I birthed the book out of my own pain. Then I, st- I did a virtual summit out of my own pain because he wanted to show me that, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to heal you, but there's a whole process that's going to go on internally. And so I, in that process, I learned that healed people hear differently, do differently and see differently. When you are healing, you hear from a whole different place than when you hear how we hear sometimes from our brokenness or our trauma or our issue, right? When you're healing, you begin to see circumstances differently. You begin to see people in your life that may have hurt you differently, right? When And then when you're healing, you do differently because the things that you were once attracted to, you're no longer attracted to. And so you begin to do other things that now bring you joy and fulfillment. And so that whole process of grieving is how God began to to transcend me. Yeah, I'm over here about to run, about to jump, holla, hallelujah. Gotta give it one. And y'all know I'm not even big for singing, but y'all, that healed people, let me say it again. Healed people hear differently. That blew my mind, y'all. Healed people hear differently. And it is amazing because I can look back and see that some of the conversations that had I been in that conversation with this, you know, healed Shantae version, it would have went a different way. I misinterpreted things because of my brokenness. My brokenness hears differently. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how that can impact your growth and your communication and then your growth with other people. Because the people that we're connected to, that should also grow too. Just like we're supposed to be growing as individuals, the things that we're connected to should also grow. Or, you know, if you're a believer, it should say bear fruit. So, you know, those are different things. I love that, y'all. I'm one more healed people hear differently. I I have to say it again. And I love what you said about pain. Pain birthed a lot of things. And we look at things, we misdiagnose our situations to be detriments like pain or discouragement, sickness or trauma. Yes, those things hurt. They are difficult, and we're not going to even neglect that, the truth of things. It's not about not owning up to reality. It's all about the reality of things. But it's also just taking that reality a step further and say, okay, this is a painful moment for me. I will feel it. And we have to embrace these seasons. Sometimes we're like, well, if I embrace it, then I'm owning it and I can't get rid. No, you have to. The only way what they say, the only way out is through. So sometimes we have to go through those painful moments. We have to go through the discouragement, through the rejection, because on the other side is what we're waiting for, what we're hoping for, what we're believing for. And it takes time and we have to give time, time to work. Now, when um, we talk about tools for patience, I heard you drop a lot of gems. What would be your most go-to tool when you're feeling impatient? Yeah, so because I believe heavily in, and I'm a heavily believer, I definitely rely on my walk and my relationship with God. But the biggest thing is I'm a journaler. Like, I absolutely love journaling. I tell people all the time I have too many journals, and that's because a lot of time I'm like, oh, they're so cute, and I want it, but not because I need it. Um, But journaling for me is so critical because it allows you to get it out. 
it allows you to process, especially for people that may not have a therapist. Like I'm an advocate for therapy as well. But if you can't get to a therapist, like journal, get it out, process through and get your feelings on paper. Because one thing I love about a journal is that while you once you've processed it and got it out, sometimes you forget about it and then you go back months later, years later, and you can really bring yourself back to that moment and be like, man, I remember how painful that was. Or I remember that waiting season and then see how God has taken you from that patiently waiting season to like the manifestation. So I'm such a fan of journaling. I am too. Journaling is my big thing. Um, And I like to pick journals that you know, have like, you know, cute little saying on the front, like dream big, or go for it, girl. You know, I'm all about writing things down and that's biblical, right? Write it down, make it plain. And when we talk about revisiting, that's a good point because you'll see how healed you were and then it'll give you motivation because it's some stuff. Y'all I'm be honest. It's some stuff. I was like, I can't get through this. I'm not going to make it. Like, go on, take me, Lord, you know. So, you know, just getting to that point where you can face the past with a healed heart. So when you're looking at it, you're not going back through the trauma. You know, you're not reliving the trauma, but you're taking from it what you gained. And it could be a new perspective, a new way of seeing things like, okay, well, if I got rejected in this season, now, if I ever experience rejection, a well, I won't take it so personally. You know, I won't go internal and destroy myself behind it. I'll take it as like, okay, stepping stone, maybe a setback. Um, it may be an eye opener. Maybe it's something that you could improve because there's always room for growth. So I love that. Now, we have almost come to the end of the show, and I have truly enjoyed conversating. Y'all, I I have not sat still in this interview. And, you know, when we talk about the three Ps today, because it looks like that's what we're leaning on, when we're giving time, time, and I'm going to keep saying that, preparation, patience, and perseverance. Now, We've talked about being prepared. You create you a plan. But most importantly, with your plan, make sure it's a realistic plan. And then be flexible if the plan is not maturing the way you had hoped for originally, right? Then it talks about being patient. Now, throughout your planning and, you know, creating your actual goal steps and actually taking the steps to get toward a goal, you there will be times where there will be some things you just have to wait on. You may have to wait on another person. You may have to wait on a, a different version of you to show up. You may, you may have to wait on clarity, understanding, knowledge. So there are seasons where we have to just rely on patience. And we can either, I always say, you can either go kicking and screaming or you can just go on, go with the flow. And I'm not talking about just be blowing wherever the wind blow you. That's not the kind of flow I'm talking about. The kind of flow I'm talking about is, okay, well, if plan A doesn't work, then I can, you know, continue on with plan B. If plan B doesn't work, I can either go back to A, restructure it, and see if A will work now that I've learned that, okay, now B won't work, so what can I take from these two plans and create another plan? So sometimes you may have to take two plans, look at them side by side, say, well, what didn't work over here, what did work over here, what did work, and what did work here, and then create a brand new plan. You know, going back to the drawing board should not be unpopular. You know, I want to bring back the drawing board. 
bring back the journal so you can look back over your past and say, okay, you know what? Wow, I was here. This is what I've learned. Now I can take it and apply it because life will come back around again and you'll face some of the same similar situations or you'll be able to help the next person in a situation very similar to what you just experienced. Now, before we go, if you had to give one word of advice when it comes to perseverance and hanging through the tough times, what would you share with the audience? I think the thing that comes to me is that the Bible says that the race is not given to the swift, it's given to the one that endures, right? And so we want things to happen so quick. But I think what we miss and what God tries to teach us and life tries to teach us is that we miss the journey, right? We miss being able to appreciate life and its journey and all that it, it teaches us because we're trying to so rapidly get where we're trying to go. And so what I would say is enjoy the journey. Life is not, you know, life, entrepreneurship, whatever you're trying to do is just a destination. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process, the good, the bad, the ugly and indifferent about your process. Like, but enjoy it, embrace it. And then that alone will give you the fulfillment that when you reach your destination, whatever that is right? You'll be satisfied. I think that's why we live in the culture now because we're, we just want little things to help us be satisfied. And what the, what God is trying to teach us is embrace where you are now. And then watch what I do when it's time to get you to where you need to go. Tell us where we can follow you on social media. Yeah, I'm on all social media at Leah, as Leah M. Forney, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Leah M. Forney. All right, you guys, thank you for tuning in. You can catch me next Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time on www.mixtalkmedia.org. Bye, y'all. You're tuned into Let's Talk Life XM with Shantae Gamble on Mix Talk Radio. Mix Talk Radio. The most chill internet radio station in Houston.